Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. Well, what's up, Atmosphere Church? How do you like that? How do you like my sweater? So I figured since we were uh, doing Christmas at the movies with Christmas Vacation, I had to break out my Christmas Vacation ultimate sweater. And I know you guys are jealous, all right? But uh, thank you guys that wore some Christmas swag today. We appreciate it. And if you are brand new to our church, you're like, what church did I just walk into? Uh, We didn't bring the popcorn, but we're doing a series Call Christmas at the movies because we all love our Christmas movies. And how many of you would say that Christmas Vacation is one of your all-time favorites? Okay, yes. 1989, baby. Did you know that this is the 30-year anniversary of this movie? And I believe part uh, of the popularity of this movie is because it, we just all resonate with Clark Griswold a little bit. That we, that we all have these big ideas and these big plans and these big expectations, and somehow, someway, those plans come undone, those expectations are unmet, and then we're just kind of frustrated. So we kind of all feel that frustration of Clark Griswold. I think that's what makes this such a, a fun movie to be able to cover this morning. And, and here's the reality. Here's what I know, is that no matter how much you have planned for the perfect Christmas, your plans are going to fail you. They're they're not going to happen exactly how you drew them up. Let me just give you an example. See, we're the family that we love to go out and get a Christmas tree because we love that smell when you wake up in the morning and and you, you you just get hit with that Christmas tree aroma. How many of you are with me? All right. Some of you, you're like, hey, I'm practical. I just went in Costco right after Christmas. I got that nice plastic tree, put it in my house, and I plugged in the smell sensor. You know, it's just like, that, that'll work for me. So we like that whole tradition of not just having a tree in our house. It's the, it's the process of going and buying the tree. And, and so we have a whole thing that we do. We go to Starbucks, we get our drinks, and we go to the tree lot, and we pick it out, we bring it home, we decorate it. I mean, I mean it's a whole big to do. But this year, we were kind of off our game a little bit because we're new to the area, as you guys all know. And, and so this is like our first Christmas where we lived in the area. So we weren't familiar with the Christmas tree lots around here. We had really had no tradition of where to go. So we just kind of looked up on, on the map of where a local Christmas tree lot was. And, and we went there and, and we, we got to the lot. And I was a little suspicious at first because the, the workers there uh, let's just say, I don't think they were going in their RV to read the Bible. I'll just leave it there. And, and so I was just like, okay, this is kind of weird. And, and so we, we pick out this tree, 
that looks different than the tree that we normally get. And, and, and I'm even telling my family, like, I, I, I'm not like a, a, a Christmas tree connoisseur. I don't know all the different brands that they have or different makes of Christmas trees. But the, it looked nice, and it, and it had these little berries on there that I wasn't used to. I was like, this is a little different. And so we, we get the tree, we bring it home, we set it up, and I immediately notice there's no smell on this tree. And I'm like, this is super weird. It's a real tree. It's a live tree. And why isn't there a smell? And so I remember that the, the tree lot guy was telling me this kind of tree, what, what it was, because it had the berries on it. And so my daughter Googles this kind of pine tree, and it says this. It says, this tree does not have any aroma to it. It's just, it's just a tree. I'm like, who would go out and buy a tree that has no aroma. It says it's allergy friendly. I'm like, then get a plastic tree. They shouldn't have real live trees that have no smell. It defeats the purpose. So we were all just, that whole night, all of us were just depressed. We're looking at this tree. We spent 100 bucks. You can't get the 100 bucks back. It's just a mess. But I was reading this week of just how sometimes things go wrong at Christmas. And I would say the most epic thing ever at least I've ever read that went wrong at Christmas comes from a lady that wrote into a magazine article or, or she said this uh, in an article that they printed. She says, I was taking a shower when my two-year-old son came into the bathroom and wrapped himself in toilet paper. Although he made a mess, he looked adorable, so I ran for my camera and took a few shots. They came out so well that I had copies made and included one in each of our Christmas cards. Days later, a relative called about the picture, laughing hysterically and suggesting I take a closer look. Puzzled, I stared at the photo and was shocked to discover that in addition to my son, I had captured my reflection in the mirror wearing nothing but a camera. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Can't get that back. But Christmas is never going to go the way you planned. And the very first Christmas was, was no different. And this was what I, I love about movies, because movies have a way of telling a story that resonates with us. And Jesus, when he did his teachings, a lot of times he would do it through storytelling. So movies are really just a modern era parable like Jesus would teach. But going back to this idea of the very first Christmas, here is Mary, the, the mother of the Son of God, getting this information that she would become the mother of the Son of God. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at the very first Christmas story because really, honestly, as you look at this with a fresh lens, this whole story could be a National Lampoon's movie, the way this thing plays out. But let me pray this. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, though, that even, our, even though our, our lives may not be working out the way we planned them to or we expected them to, God, you are in the midst of our situations and our circumstances, and God, you are in the process of taking bad things and turning them into blessings. So use this Bible study this morning to just really ignite faith in our hearts that you're up to great things with our lives and we thank you in advance for how you're going to do that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Luke chapter 1, you can follow along on the screen. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph 
of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at the statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she, who is called barren, is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Can I read that one more time, church? For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bondservant of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, I like the New American Standard says she was perplexed, but the, the New International Version uses the phrase she was greatly troubled. She was greatly troubled at this. I mean, here, she, she's trying to wrap her mind around this. She's engaged to Joseph. She's about ready to get married. And I'm imagining in her engagement, people are giving her all kinds of kind of like things to expect as she's getting ready to get married. And a lot of times, right after you get married, you're gonna have a baby. And so now she's being told by this angel that she's gonna get pregnant before she gets married. And it's probably throwing her to major confusion. I don't know, maybe she read that book that most mothers read in the 1990s and early 2000s, What to Expect When You're Expecting. And, and I love this book, and Tara, my wife, got so much out of this book, because when you're pregnant for the first time, you're like, is this normal? So somebody wrote a book, like, yes, these are normal things that you go through when you're pregnant. But Mary, all of these expectations that she maybe had figured up in her mind of how things were going to go in the timeline and how they were going to go was completely being undone by guess who? God. God had a whole different way of approaching her life than she had. And check this out. This was just the beginning of these crazy things that were going to happen. Pretty soon, God was going to send them away from Nazareth into Bethlehem so she could have the baby there. And then shortly after that, God would send them to Egypt because Herod would be after him because her son would be on the most wanted list. And so for her whole life, Jesus was in this place and space of grief. And I can't imagine what she went through as a mom. But I want to use the movie Christmas Vacation to talk about some truths that really go hand in hand with the very first Christmas story of Mary and her situation with Jesus. So if you're taking notes, write these down. I believe these are four lessons we learn from the original Christmas story and Christmas Vacation. Here's, here's the first clip, go and watch this. Did I tell you I talked to my mother today? And? They've decided they're coming for Christmas, too. You know, it's not too late to change our plans. No, 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 no. that's great. It's great. 
I think you're forgetting how difficult it's going to be having everybody in the house at the same time. Honey, they're family. They're not strangers off the street. All they do is argue. Christmas is about resolving differences and seeing through the petty problems of family life. Yeah. And it's about my mother accusing your mother of buying cheap hot dogs and your mother accusing my mother of waxing her upper lip and then they don't speak Your mother to waxes other. her upper lip? She has for years. <laughs> Doesn't show. I don't know, Sparky. I just have this feeling Ellen, that it's not gonna... I want to have Christmas here in our house. It means a lot to me. All my life I've wanted to have a big family Christmas. It's just that I know how you build things up in your mind, Sparky. You set standards that no family event can ever live up to. When have I ever done that? Parties. Weddings. Bye, anniversaries. Honey. Funerals. Holidays, vacations, graduations. I l absolutely love that clip. Here's the first lesson that I want you to write this down. Be flexible. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, be flexible. It, this is so important. How many know a Clark Griswold that you just have this ideal situation in your mind and you planned it to perfection? This is how we're gonna experience it. Think about what Clark does. He expected the perfect tree. He expected the perfect decorated house. He expected to have this perfect family dinner. He expected to get the Christmas bonus so he could build his dream pool. He had all of these expectations. He was that idealist, that perfectionist, I mean, his life, he, he envisioned it to be this like living Pinterest board. Like this is how it's all gonna play out. And, and his wife says, you are, you are kind of leading this life with the standard that nobody is gonna be able to measure up to. And you, you need to understand, maybe you're, there's a little Clark Griswold in you that you're like, man, I, I do. I'm a, kind of a perfectionist by nature. Let me tell you, high expectations lead to high disappointment. And some of you are drowning in disappointment because of unmet expectations. Now, I, I want to give you some tension because in your faith, we want you to have great expectations that with God, all things are possible. We just, we just read that verse. But there is this tension of just the reality of life that things aren't always going to go according to plan. I was thinking about the whole Osama bin Laden arrest and, and execution, you know, years ago, and there's been movies made about it. You know, these are Navy SEALs that went into training and, and did and rehearsed this, you know, thing over and over and over again. And when they went to execute it, they actually had a failure. They had one of their helicopters that actually crashed as they were trained to land in the compound of where Osama bin Laden was staying. I mean, think about all the training. Navy SEALs, the elite of the elite force, of, of our uh, military still had something go wrong. And what we need to understand is unmet expectations are gonna lead you into a place of disappointment that can actually grow into depression. So we need to kind of relook at some of these expectations that we're putting out there. Matter of fact, I will say, in all the marriage counseling that I've done in all the years that, that I've been doing, I've been pastoring for like, what, 25 years 
And I've met with so many couples. We've done so many marriage retreats. And one of the number one problems that happen in marriage is unmet expectations. A husband gets into a marriage and he thinks the wife's rule is going to be this and she's going to do this. And, and, and a wife gets into the marriage and she thinks her husband is going to do this and be this kind of guy. And they get into the marriage and neither one of them you know, play out to their expectations. And so each spouse is left feeling disappointed in their marriage. It happens all the time. But I will go as far as to say that expectations create all of this unnecessary pressure. You're putting all of this pressure on your circumstances to perform for you and for all of these things to work themselves out. According to a survey by Healthline, 62% of people said their stress level increases during the holiday season. Stop stressing out. I mean, I could probably stop there and send you guys all home and, and you will be better off. But we are a big old ball of stress. And part of that stress is because things aren't working out the way that we had planned them to work out. And you need to understand, things aren't going to work out the way that you wanted them to work out. And here's where God gets involved. Because things not working out the way you planned them could actually turn out to be the biggest blessing that could have ever happened to your life. Let me give you a truth here, and you might want to write this down. Beautiful things come from messy situations. It happens all the time throughout the Bible. One example that really stands out to me is probably my favorite example is Joseph, who is used by God to be a deliverer of God's people. And before he goes to a palace and is used as a deliverer for God's people, he goes to prison. And who would have ever expected that the pathway to the palace would go through a prison cell? Do you think Joseph was in that prison cell going, oh man, things are working out exactly like I wanted them to. I'm in prison, I'm incarcerated, praise God. But that position of being in the prison cell actually elevated him into the palace where God was ultimately gonna use him. Let, let me give you a truth that I think is overplayed within our faith community. And you may have quoted this, you may have went to Hobby Lobby and seen this on a picture but let's, let's read it again with a fresh lens of what this is really speaking into our, our expectations. It says, and we know that God causes all things, say with me, all things, all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So there are actually things that you would label bad in your life that God is teeing up and setting up to be a blessing for you tomorrow. Here's a question. What kind of messy situation have you been dealing with in 2019 that actually is going to become your blessing in 2020? It still sounds so weird saying 2020. It's gonna be 2020 next year. I, I wanna tell you guys, my expectations are on God and not on my circumstances. My expectations are on God and not on my circumstances. Because my circumstances are never gonna work out the way that I planned them to, the way I envisioned them to, but my God will always show up in my life. 
Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. One thing I've really seen in my own life is that life has a lot of curves involved. How many hit a curve this year that you weren't expecting? Like, I didn't see this curve coming up in my life. Well, here, when God gets involved, he has a way of straightening out the curves that happen to your life. He straightens them out. And he's the one that can straighten them out. I can't control my circumstances, but I do know that God is with me, so I get to lift my hands and I can enjoy the ride because life is an adventure, and when God is with you, you're gonna be okay. Matter of fact, you might be more than okay because God's plans are better than any plans you could ever create for your life. Look at what happened to Mary. Things didn't work out the way she planned, but instead she got an upgrade that she wasn't expecting. There are upgrades that God is wanting to bring into your life if you simply can stop being so rigid and start being more flexible to what God has for you. Here's the second part of this thing, and that is expect the unexpected. Get into a position where you expect the unexpected. Expect the cousin Eddie's of your life to show up unannounced on your front doorstep. Go ahead and watch this. House sure does look swell, Clark. Thanks, Eddie. Oh, it enhances your holiday spirit, <laughs> dear Catherine. Eddie? <laughs> oh, the house is gorgeous, Clark. <laughs> Eddie? I hope you didn't do this all on our account, Clark. <laughs> Kids? Come on out here and see what Uncle Clark's done to the house. Eddie? <laughs> Eddie? <laughs> yeah, if you don't remember, this here is Rocky. Have you got a kiss for me? Uh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus he ain't identified yet. <laughs> You remember Ruby Sue? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Her eyes aren't crossed anymore. That's something, ain't it? Huh? She falls in a well, eyes go cross. She gets kicked by a mule, they go back to normal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and this here's our pride and joy. Snots. Pretty name, Ed. Yeah, we named him that because he's got this sinus condition. <laughs> We were gonna call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. Yeah, you surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> we have plenty of room. <laughs> plenty of towels. Plenty oh. of everything. Yeah, <laughs> I love that clip. Can I just give you a truth here? Every family has a Cousin Eddie, right? If you can't think of the Cousin Eddie of your family, you might be the Cousin Eddie. But that's okay. We love you. We love, we love everyone here. We even love Cousin Eddie's. But the lesson here is expect the unexpected. There are going to be people that come into your life that you didn't expect, and you just got to pause long enough to acknowledge that maybe God is up to something with this thing that is now staring at you in the face. 
God loves to move in unexpected ways. The Bible is full of examples of how he moves in unexpected ways. Matter of fact, I would say the Christmas story is one of the most profound ways that God moved in unexpected ways. The Son of God coming into this place where where he is born in a barn, he's laying in a manger. Shepherds are coming to observe it and testify to uh, his birth and and this peasant, you know, uh, teenage girl uh, being betrothed to a, a, a teenage guy. And this story just makes no sense. But yet God says, I love it. I love it when things don't make sense because it will cause people to really seek me for their life. See, if you don't expect the unexpected, God could be showing up in your life and you will completely miss him. You'll miss him because you've built up all of these things of of ways that you expect God to move. I mean, I think of the religious people of Jesus' era. They missed him. He showed up in their timeline of history and the professional church people, the religious people of Jesus' time, they missed him all because of these expectations that they had created that were not to be truth. Now here's my favorite lesson here and I, I have to show you the clip for you to make sense of it. Go ahead and watch this. As you can tell, that video was a little edited for some of the language that was shared in that scene. And this wasn't Clark's only freakout scene. There's even a better one at the end of the movie, but we could not edit that enough. Um, it, and, and let's just go on record to say this is a PG-13 movie, and uh, you know we love watching it, uh, the television version of it, so I, I can't really necessarily endorse uh, the unedited version. But how many can relate to Clark's frustration there? Here's the question. How do you respond when the plan doesn't go the way you drew it up in your mind to go? How do you respond? Now, I get Clark because growing up, I had things not go my way, and there were holes in my wall and my door. I had a little temper as a kid growing up. And I like this quote by author and speaker Chuck Swindoll, and I, this, it resonates with me. It says, I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. 
This is so true. Reactions are more revealing than our actions are. Mark Batterson, a a Christian author that I love, he said it this way in one of his books. He says, in my experience, it's much easier to act like a Christian than it is to react like one. Anyone can put on an act, but your reactions reveal what is really in your heart. I, I have to say that one of the many benefits of allowing God to come and live in your life and to begin following Jesus is he will help you in this area. Because I had a major temper problem. And what God did is he came into my life and he began changing me and transforming me. Matter of fact, of all the areas that that really God has done an extreme makeover in my life, this is probably the biggest area where I've seen the most amount of change. And it's not because I've figured out how to have more control. I attribute it all to God living in me and giving me the control that I didn't have on my own. Let me give you the scripture in Titus chapter two, verses 11 and 12. It says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. I love that word grace. Many of us have, have heard that word defined as unmerited favor, but did you know in the Greek it also means power? That when Jesus Christ comes into your life, he gives you a power that you don't possess on your own. And this power is so great, it can actually help you respond differently to the circumstances that don't go the way you want them to go. Like that driver on the 101 freeway. Come on, somebody. I watched this the other day play out, and this wasn't on the freeway, this was a side street, but somebody pulled out in front of somebody else, and they laid on their horn, and they just laid on their horn, and it's like, I, they, they were just gonna drive the whole way behind them with, the, with their hand on their horn, and just you know trying to bump their bumper, and yelling at them, and I'm just observing all this going, why? What, what's, what's the end game here? Somebody pull out a gun and, and shoot somebody else, it's like, wow, they, they made a mistake. You know, I've really seen God transform me in this. You know, back in the day, I would roll my window down and give them the Hawaiian good luck sign. You know what that is? That's kiss my middle finger, baby. But now, you know what I find myself doing? I I find myself praying blessings over these people that frustrate me. Because you know why I realize as Jesus Christ lives in me, that they are somebody that has unsurpassable worth, that Christ died for them. So my whole attitude is shifted towards how I view people. And let me tell you, it helps me respond differently when my plans don't go the way I want them to go. How are you doing in your response? And maybe if you're not doing well, it's just an indicator that that something needs to be adjusted deep inside of yourself. And I'm telling you that when Christ comes in, he has the capacity to change the hardest part of who you are because I've watched him do it in my own life. And here's the fourth big idea, the fourth lesson that we can learn. Go ahead and watch this clip. Son, I, I love you. We all love you. This is a terrible night. Nothing's gone right. It's a disaster. 
You losing your temper with the whole family only makes things worse. And you're too good a father to act like this. In years to come, you want your children and your family to remember all the love you gave us and how hard you tried to make the perfect Christmas. It's okay. It happens. All our holidays were always such a mess. Oh, yeah. How did you get through it? I had a lot of help from Jesus Christ. <laughs> Remember that last point, expect the unexpected? I love catching you guys off guard. Obviously, I dubbed that in. But, but here's the last lesson that we really can learn, not just from Clark Griswold, but really from the original Christmas story, that is choose Jesus as your source, not Jack Daniels. That was the, that was the original dialogue. Let me tell you, this isn't a message against drinking. See, drinking is simply a way to medicate the symptom and not actually heal the problem. When Jesus steps into your life, he wants to get to the root of the issue. And I love one of the last things that Jesus said when he was here with his disciples is recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled nor let it be fearful. Jesus is saying, I I'm offering you guys something that the world could never offer you. I I'm offering you something that can actually heal you to the core and not just cover a symptom. The Apostle Paul goes on to write this when he's writing to the Philippian church and he's talking about the great peace of God. He says this, he says, put into practice what you've learned and received from me, both from my words and from my actions, and here it is, and the God who gives us peace will be with you. The God who gives us peace will be with you. Isaiah the prophet he said this about the Messiah, and we're going to look at this a little bit closer next week on Christmas Sunday, is that Jesus, the Messiah, is given the title the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. That Jesus offers us a peace that is greater than anything that you could ever obtain in this world. Isaiah goes on to say it this way in Isaiah 26. He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. See, let, let me tell you the truth here. God's peace transcends your circumstances. God's peace transcends the plans that are not coming to fruition in your life. But you have to be intentional to say, I want this peace in my life. God never throws himself on anybody, but he simply makes himself available to those that desire to have him in their life. I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you got some news this week about your health. Maybe you got some news this week about a family member. 
Maybe it's a situation in your finances. Maybe it's just something emotional that you're carrying, but things aren't working out the way you thought they would. As a 40-year-old person, you never thought you would be in the place that you're in today. Let me tell you, God wants to be your peace. He wants you to enjoy the perfect peace that actually takes something that is unplanned that you're labeling as bad and convert it into something that becomes a blessing for your life. But it all starts by choosing Jesus as your source. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. Bye.